thank you for tuning in to another episode of Unleashed Faith. Welcome back if you are my faithful listener, and if you are new, I'm so glad you could join me this week. This podcast is intended for any woman who is willing to set aside and allow God to take full control over your life. Although I do have some guy listeners that do join me each week, and that is totally such a blessing to me as well. So continue to join me each week as I share moments of my life and how God is working on me. Allow me to become your mentor, your friend, and your sister in Christ as we live a radical life for Jesus together, learning tools and tips on how we can continue to mature in our faith daily. So if you're ready, grab a pen and your notepad and let's dig in. Hey, hey, thank you so much for tuning back into this week's episode. If you are new, welcome, welcome. Glad you could join us. Uh, You will need a notepad today. You will need your Bible. So we are still moving into the series of Women of the Bible. Uh, I am excited about this week. This is a woman that um, I can relate to for so many reasons. And Uh, Maybe some of you can as well. And I've talked about her previously on the pod, maybe a couple of months ago. I'm not sure exactly what series I was on, but I did talk about her. But the funny thing and the cool thing behind the backstory of why I'm teaching this this week is actually because the same day that it is out and you are listening to it is the same day I get to teach it to teenagers, which is sounds crazy in a sense if once you hear the story that we're going to be talking about but God is so good and of course he shifted my perspective and he showed me a different direction with this particular woman's story and um you're probably like what is she talking about where is she speaking how come I wasn't invited all of these things but I am actually getting the opportunity a few months ago um I was voluntold. Uh, And if you don't know what voluntold means is kind of like somebody volunteers you for something and then tells you that you're going to do it. Um, That's just kind of how people in my life are. But I'm so grateful for that because if I haven't been voluntold to do so many things, I would not be speaking on this podcast right now. I would not be, uh, you know, doing my own ministry and my own thing. There's no way I would be doing it if I didn't have that push from somebody And that's how so many times we find our purposes in life is people are pushing us and pushing us out of our comfort zone, not pushing us over a mountain or or down a cliff or anything like that. But they see potential in us that maybe we have some kind of block and we're blinded by it. And I am grateful that I get to actually this Thursday speak at FCA, which is Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And it is something that is in our schools nationwide and students have the opportunity to come together and it's called a group huddle and they get to talk about Jesus and if they need prayer and things like that. And FCA is something that I have been a part of for a couple years now. I have been a part of it through Fields of Faith, which has been an absolutely an amazing event. Once a year we have it and it's usually at a football stadium and guaranteed every time God is going to show up and do big things. This past Wednesday, we had Fields of Faith, um, and there was so many students who gave their life to Christ, who rededicated, who just needed prayer 
over situations. And it's just a beautiful thing to be a part of. And I'm so grateful to be able to serve on the team alongside of people that um, are in our church and in the ministries that I'm involved in. And so again, this Thursday, I get to have the privilege to hang out with our youth pastor, someone who has pushed me out of my comfort zone, someone who uh, has inspired me as a ministry leader to um, so many things and that I use on the pod and say and how I do things within the ministries that I'm involved in. I've actually learned from him and I'm so grateful to have that peer-to-peer relationship um, to look up to him and to ask him questions and things like that. Uh, But we get to hang out together with some uh, room full of teenagers and I am excited to share the word that God gave me. Uh, So like I said, he voluntold me a couple weeks ago. And so obviously I was like, okay, okay. And then I got a little nervous, but God is going to take care of all those nerves. And so I started praying over, God, give me a word. Give me some kind of direction so I'll know what I'm talking to these teenagers about. Well, he gave me the word comparison. So started diving in, praying over that, got a lesson ready. Um, and then FCGA got canceled the day that I was supposed to speak. And because of Fields of Faith, it got pushed back again. So I prayerfully, I will be teaching the new lesson that he gave me uh, (laughs) for the teenagers and he changed it. And I don't know if it's because of where I'm at right now uh, this week, or if it's because there's going to be a student that he's bringing in or students that he's bringing in that have these labels upon their life and they can't seem to break through those labels. And that's what today is all about is that's what I'm talking about. And it's Um, the title that I came up with for the message is who he says I am. And we are going to be talking about the woman with the issue of blood. Okay. I know, first of all, talking about this, it was wild that he gave this to me. And I was like, you're telling me that I'm going to be speaking in front of teenagers, boys and girls. And you're wanting me to share the word about a woman who has ministrated for, uh, 12 plus years. And I was like, okay, okay, God, I I don't know what you're doing, but I'm gonna let you do your thing. And so I got into prayer. I've been fasting this morning, uh, going into recording this because I just have felt kind of icky. And I was like, all right, I just need a cleanse. I don't know if y'all have ever felt like that when you just need a spiritual cleanse. And that's where I'm at right now. And so as I was preparing to uh, record this, I'm again thinking, God, I just don't know. I don't know if you want me to share this with those teenagers, but reviewing my lesson and then talking to the youth pastor, I was like, okay, this is going to be good. God's going to work it out. And, uh, I talked to a sister this morning and I was telling her kind of the direction God was going. And I was like, I think I'm going to share it on the pod. And, Uh, she was like, yeah, that'd be great. And I kind of shared with her what I was going to talk about. And it just gave me that confirmation. Just go ahead and do it. So uh, (laughs) we're going to go ahead and get into her story. And uh, we're going to be discussing labels that we put on ourselves, labels that society puts on us, labels that um, just kind of almost take hold of us, take us captive. And we have to rely on God's word and his love to break those 
thoughts and break those labels. And you're going to see a totally different perspective from this woman's story. So um, labels that we give to ourselves. One, I'm not enough. I'm not worthy. I, I can't do that. I'm unqualified. If you go into self-body image, it could be that I'm too fat. I don't like the way my body looks. I'm too skinny. Uh, I, I don't like my eyebrows. I don't like my lips. You know, uh, all of these things that we can pick apart and we can kind of label ourselves unpretty. Uh, and it's just terrible that that's the life that we live in. But crossing into what society thinks that we should all look alike is kind of the same. We see it on social media. We see for women, we see these girls with these hourglass shapes. And, and a lot of times that's not natural. They've done had some kind of surgery to, um, you know, shape their body like that. But there are some natural girls out there who look like that. Kudos to you. You got good genes. Lucky for you. Uh, but <laughs> unfortunately I love food. I love pizza. I love tacos. I love all the things that are bad for me, but I am starting to get back in the gym. So I'm praying that I can continue to get, keep staying in the gym. So if y'all can be praying for that, um, labels that we kind of put on ourselves emotionally, uh, could be, I have anxiety. I have depression. Maybe it's suicidal thoughts. Maybe I'm a procrastinator. Maybe you're, I'm self-seeking. All of these things we label ourselves. And then we just kind of, we don't push past it because, oh, well, I have this. Or I have this. This is what's wrong with me. In reality, you can't let that be who you are. You can't let that be, you know, I'm Bethany with anxiety. Anxiety has Bethany. No, 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 no. I'm a child of God. I'm a daughter of the King. That's who I am before everything else. And so we're going to get into the woman with the issue of blood and her story. So we're going to be in Mark 5. So if you want to go ahead and get your Bibles, and I'm going to give you a little backstory real quick while you're doing that. We're going to be Mark 5, 27 through 34. And so this is here starting off, Jesus, he took a boat uh, across the Sea of Galilee. There he was met. We obviously know that uh, Jairus was there. He was a ruler of the synagogue. Jairus's daughter was dying. And of course, you know, hearing Jesus performing miracles, obviously Jairus was there. He was begging and pleading Jesus to come and lay hands on his daughter and heal his daughter. And in that time, the rulers did not want to associate with Pharisees. And so for Jairus to do this is almost like He's humbling himself before Jesus. He's desperate. And sometimes we find ourselves like that. We become desperate and we may not hit our knees all the time and we may not pray all the time or get into God's word. But when desperation sits in, sometimes that, that obviously that's the first thing that we do. In reality, we should do that in all circumstances, in all situations, and not just when we need him or need his healing and need, need, need. We're, he's not a God that we can take, 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 take from him. That's not how the relationship works. It's a back and forth kind of thing. It's a 50-50. It's a marriage. You got to put in the work to get the work and vice versa. Respect, respect, you know, and trust and trust and all of that. But so here Jairus is, he, he takes Jesus and they go into with the disciples and they go into this town. Well, this town is 
super, super crowded. It's probably like a Walmart because if you've ever been to Walmart in the middle of the day, believe it or not, it is absolutely crazy. So I'm just here picturing in my mind that the crowd is like the crowd at Walmart and we're going to see the amazing miracle that happened within this crowd. So the woman with the issue of blood, I did go through here, I read her story and the labels that she had placed upon her it was that she was unclean, meaning that um, because that she was bleeding for 12 plus years, she was not to have a husband and that if she touched anyone, they were set to be unclean. So that made her an outcast. So emotionally too, the label that she had emotionally was probably depression is the one that I'm, I'm going to say she had, you know, you know, that she, because that nobody wanted anything to do with her. People talked about her. They mocked her. Um, I'm pretty sure she dealt with some depression, but we're going to see the amazing thing because of the faith that she had and knew that Jesus could heal her. She went to that direction of where Jesus was be, was at because she knew she just needed to get connected to him. So Mark uh, 5 27 says here, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and she touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Verse 29 is huge. Underline it, highlight it. It says immediately her bleeding stopped. It didn't say in a few moments. It didn't say that it had paused. It says immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt it in her body that she was free from surf from surfer. I will get it out in a minute. From suffering. And verse 30 says, At once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? And uh, of course the disciples are all there looking at him crazy. In verse 31, You see the people crowded against you, his disciples answered, And yet you can ask, Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Here it goes. Verse 33. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. She didn't sugarcoat it. She didn't paraphrase. It says she told him the whole truth. Now we know that this woman had spent all of her resources, all of her finances, doctor after doctor to try to get healed and, and all of these things and nothing healed her. And here she was, she had faith that just by touching him, she would be healed. And here it is the amazing miracle. She was made whole, not just, you know, by her healing, but spiritually all in the same moment. And so verse 34 says, and underline this, he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. So Jesus is here in this moment with her and he's calling her by her name. Now, you know that our names are so important to us. They are who we are. They are how we identify ourselves to others when we meet. Um, and so here he is. He's calling her by name. And so in a sense, we have to know that he calls us by name for a purpose, not by what we are labeled. So this woman was labeled unclean. She was labeled dirty. She was an outcast. Um, 
all of these things. Psalm 139.14 says, I will praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. So that's just saying basically that we are made to be unique. We are made to be exactly who we are called to be, who God intended for us, that obviously we are not the same as the pe person sitting next to us or the people around us. It would be a little weird if we were all exactly the same and had the same gifts and things like that. It'd be pretty boring. Uh, Luke 12, 7 says, Indeed, the very hairs on your head are all numbered. Do not be afraid. You are far more valuable than any sparrows. Meaning that we are so worthy of God's love. Uh, we are worthy to be called his children. And we are so valuable to him that we, there is nothing that we can do that will change that value in his eyes. And so in life, many times we get labeled, we get judged simply by the way we look. Uh, you know, how we perform in sports or how our home life is or how we carry ourselves as a Christian. So many times we're judged and it's unfortunate, but that is the world we live in. You know, our worth is only found in God alone, not through what we or others or society labels us. He calls us his very own. We are his children. That is so important. Write that down. We are his children. So when the woman touched Jesus, he didn't call her by the label she had placed upon her life, which would have been the woman with the issue of blood. He called her daughter, and that's in verse 34. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. He called her by name. He called her what she is to him daughter and he calls each one of us by name we are all daughters and sons to him and we can be labeled all of these negative things that we want to let people label us but we can't allow it to attach to our spirit we can't go off of that on who we are the only true labels that we need to be aware of that each one of us have is labels of worthy, enough, purpose, loved. You are so much more than you think you are. And that is sometimes hard for us to realize because of our background or because of our the lifestyle that we lived or used to live. We have to realize that God's grace is sufficient enough to cover that and he can make us whole again. And all we have to do is reach out to him. And because of all of this amazing thing, Jesus says that we are worthy. We are enough. We are created for a purpose. We are loved. To let go of the labels and understand and truly believe that, it would. it's kind of like we have to be the woman here. We have to be the woman in this story. We have to reach out on faith knowing that Christ can heal us from whatever labels that are pinning us down. That whenever we reach out to him and grasp onto him, that he can heal us from the inside out. He can restore us. He can remove all of the labels that we have placed over us, that society has placed over us, that other people have placed over us. And we can ask him to help us look in the mirror each and every day and say, I am worthy. I am enough. I am created for a purpose. And I know that you love me. And so 
you have to repeat that so, that to yourself sometimes. If you are a person that just maybe you grew up in a household that you didn't get to hear "I love you" um, all the time, I hate that. That there's households like that, and that's why it's so important for me to tell my family that I love them. Sometimes I feel like my daughter's like, "Mom, I get it. I know you love me, but." I just want her to know. And all of the teenagers that have been hanging out of my house, I've been telling them before I go to bed, I'll give the spew of the night that they can eat whatever they want. Uh, just don't use the oven and things like that. And I love them oh so much. And so uh, one of them this past weekend was like, I really wish that I heard that more often. And I'm like, oh man. But it wasn't because their household doesn't tell them that they love them. I just say it so often that they were like, man, I want to hear it more. And it was such a great moment that we had. Uh, but you can ask in these moments, you can ask Christ for renewal of your spirit, uh, whether you're a believer, a seasoned believer, or someone who's just curious. And you can say to yourself that you are not who they say you are, talking about society and your peers and things like that. You are not what you have suffered from. What has happened to you in the past is does not label you. It does not consume you. It does not say who you are right now in this moment. The mistakes that you have made in the past are no longer labeling you. I'm telling you right now what your label is and what you need to write down in big bold letters. And you need to realize again that you are worthy. You are enough. You were created for a purpose and you are loved. You are a child of God. You are the sons and daughters of the Most High. And you have to say that to yourself because if you are like me, I am one who struggles with depression. I, I don't take medicine for it. I kind of can know, like I talked about, like I know when those cycles are coming. I know how to deal with it. Uh, I was a little worried that I was going into a cycle this week and I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm saturating my entire everything that I am today in God's word. And so I feel great. I feel refreshed. I feel like I could go and do all of the things that I needed to get done and not be doing it with a grumbling heart. But I hope that listening to what I had to say and hearing it from a different perspective and hearing the woman, woman with the issue of blood and how God uses Jesus in this moment to like basically I I almost want to say kind of if I was there he would have turned around and he would have grabbed her shoulders and looked her straight in the eyes and called her daughter like that is such a beautiful moment and uh, I feel like I've had some kind of moments like that with Jesus and a lot of it time it's been him shaking me but hey it's okay it's been great encounters and I'm appreciative of it but I hope that you leave today, this podcast, and you leave knowing that you are worth so much more, that don't let the anxiety, the depression, the procrastination, the anger, the bitterness, any of that label you and stick to your spirit because you are worth so much more, sister. You are enough. You are created for a purpose. And I'm praying that if you have not stepped into your purpose yet, that God is going to show that to you within the next six to seven months. 
don't know why I said six to seven months. So maybe someone needed to hear that. So in six to seven months, I'll be waiting for a story um, from somebody who is a listener that God has just transformed their life. So, uh, (laughs) but anyway, as always, you guys be blessed and stay focused.